Mark chapter 2. And while you're finding Mark chapter 2, I want to tell you that um, we are beginning a new series entitled We. Everybody say We. Everybody say we, we is better than me. And I, I want to talk about the relationships uh, in our life that matter the most to us. And we, will, we will hit some specific things like marriage and parenting and uh, dating, some things like that. But, but even more importantly, there, there's a burden that I have to teach people how to be a friend. Because um, if you don't, if you don't earn the gift and the art, if you don't learn this beautiful thing called friendship, every other relationship will struggle in your life. And so, I'm gonna talk about a lot of things, but I, but I am gonna, I'm gonna have a little bit of a focus here on friendship. And I want to look at four really good friends. Mark chapter two, verse three. Four men arrived, carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. Notice that, that there was a crowd in the way of them and Jesus. Please look at my eyes real quick. A crowd is not community. And being popular does not mean you have relationships. Just because someone recognizes your face doesn't mean you're known. I'm in, I, at this stage of our church, now every time I go out in public, people recognize me. But that doesn't mean I'm known and in community. It just means I have a recognizable face because we've been around long enough. Right? And sometimes they go, hey, you're my pastor. Sometimes it's, are you Jabez? What's your name? Are you, you Jobin? You're my pastor. You're, I'm not your pastor. You don't know my name. I'm not your pastor. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, it's it's Jabin, by the way, in case anyone wants to know. Um, so 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 I want you to notice that 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 the crowd did not mean he was connected. It, it wasn't the crowd that helped him. It was the four that helped him. It wasn't the big that helped him. It was the small that helped him. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. I want to talk for a few moments from this idea. I need Jesus and I need you. <laughs> I need Jesus and I need you. And uh, I don't know if you're convinced of that. I'm praying that by the end of this little 30-minute talk, that by the power of God's word and power of my own persuasion, <laughs> I, can, I can persuade you to believe that statement. If, if you can get to the point as a child of God that you believe that statement, that you need Jesus and you need others, boy, you're, you're going to be an unstoppable force in the kingdom of God. I need Jesus and I need you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the the life it brings, the wisdom it brings, the clarity it brings, the distinction it brings. That your word is like a sword, like a surgeon's scalpel that can divide even bone and marrow. It can divide soul and spirit. It can divide flesh from the spiritual realm. It can show us truth. 
Jesus, I pray that you would speak now. I pray that you would lead now. I pray that you would guide now. And I pray that uh, our hearts would be in tune to what you're saying. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. And amen and amen. Thank you, bro. Um, this is a story in Mark chapter 2 about a man who desperately needed Jesus. And uh, I, I don't know if you know this or not, we all need Jesus. Anybody, anybody believe that? <laughs> not just that your friend needs Jesus or your parents need Jesus or your kids need Jesus, but we all, we all need Jesus. We, we, all need, we all need the two things that this man needed. He needed forgiveness and healing. He needed the work of God spiritually and the work of God physically. There was, there was things that he needed uh, on the inside that no one could see, and there were things that he needed on the outside that everybody could see. He, he needed God, and I just, I just want to tell you today that we all need Jesus, that that the message of Jesus is not a crutch for the weak, but a stretcher for the dead. <laughs> this is not just some um, pop psychology for weak people who are bored on a Sunday. No, this, this is the word of life that can change us forever. I need Jesus. So the man needed forgiveness and he needed healing and so do we. But what is shocking about the story uh, is not his own need. What is shocking about the story is not even the miracle that Jesus did. Because you, you, you get familiar with Jesus and you find out really quickly that he is a healer. And he is a forgiver of sin. This is, this is who he is. So, so that's not what the miracle was. The, the miracle and the, the amazing, shocking truth of the message is how he got to Jesus. He didn't just need Jesus. He needed somebody to get him to Jesus. Hello. That, 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 that's the whole point of this. Whole, I, need, I need Jesus. Absolutely. I do need Jesus, but I also need you. Because sometimes I can't get to him by myself. And sometimes it's encouragement, and sometimes it's prayer, and sometimes it's a rebuke, and sometimes. But, but what I learned from the story and what I've learned in life now, following Jesus since I was 15 years old, I'll turn 40 in October, been following God for almost, don't I look good? It might be the Botox, but okay, listen. What, what, <laughs> I like that surprise, that was a good surprise. Was like, oh my God, it felt like. I don't know if you were trying to encourage me, but I'm taking it as I look younger than I am. Okay. Imagine I'm like 20, I'm 25. She's like, oh my God. <laughs> it's like, okay, that would have been bad. Um, he needed four good friends, and I just want to submit to you, you need a couple of friends. You need a couple of faith friends. You need a couple of roof-tearing Friends, you need you need some crowd moving friends. You need so so I, I do need Jesus, but I need you. Okay, so if I if I'm gonna grow in this and if I'm gonna 
If I'm going to really walk in everything that God has for me, firstly, I have to admit that I need others. Admit that you need others. Now, this is hard. This is difficult. Uh, Even in the book of Revelation, Jesus is correcting a church in Revelation chapter 2, and he says, he goes, here's my problem with you. You say you have need of nothing. He he goes, how can I help a people who say they have no needs? I, I can't work with you because there's no door that's open to me. Because you're saying you're rich, though you're poor. You're, you're saying you're healed, though you're sick. You're, you're, you're saying that you're free, though you're bound. And Jesus says, I want to do something great in your life. But you say you have need of nothing. And so, so it starts, my walk with God and, the, and the, the way into freedom with God starts with, I got a need. Yes. And this is really hard for us, but it's really hard for men. So, fellas, I talked to you last week a little bit during worship. I'm going to talk to you again because you're on my heart. How you doing, bro? Good. What's up, man? Nothing. How's your week? All right. And all the wives said, amen, get a pastor. (laughs) What's up? Nothing. What are you dreaming about? I don't know. Good, good. Y'all right? Good. Marriage okay? Doing good. It's good. It's good. Good. This man had to get to the point where he would look at four friends and go, I can't get there alone. And you, and you have to come to the point in your life where you go, I can't get to where God's calling me alone. I can't do what God's calling me to do, and I can't get to where God's calling me to get alone. Men, let me remind you that we are lonely. We are addicted. We are depressed. We are, we are committing suicide at a way higher rate than women because we struggle internally and we struggle alone. Women don't struggle alone. If I look at Amanda and go, how are you doing? She goes, well, you know, it all started last week. I guess it was Wednesday. You know, I was in prayer and And then I look at her husband and go, how you doing? Good. Because we're men, that's what we do. You're good, good. I'm good. We're good. And we're not good. But we say we're good because we, we think that we're strong enough to get healed alone. And the story says the man couldn't be healed alone. He needed help to be healed. And I've just come today as a preacher to look at you and say, I need Jesus, but I need you too. God looked at a sinless man, a mistake-free man, a perfect man, but listen to me, a lonely man. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, he looks at his perfect man, his perfect son named Adam, and he goes, it's not good that you should be alone. You're not sinning, you're not struggling, you're not tempted, but you're alone and that is not good. And, and God could not be the answer to every one of Adam's problems. 
God didn't look at Adam and go, why are you lonely? You got me. You got everything you need, brother. Well, all I need is Jesus, pastor. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Adam didn't just need Jesus. And I don't just need Jesus. I need Jesus and I need you. Look at all you religious people all getting all uncomfortable. You start fidgeting with your phone and checking your Bible. And where's that in the Bible? Let me check Genesis 10. Relax. I need Jesus. Don't get it twisted. I just, I just need everything Jesus told me I need. And he told me I need you. So I'm going to believe him. Listen, because every issue in your life is not spiritual. Not, not everything is, you can't pray everything away. You can't fast everything away. You can't speak in tongues everything away. You can't bind and loose everything away. You can't cast out everything away because some things aren't demons. I can't just worship everything away. I can't just give everything away. There is a side to my life that is deeply spiritual and deeply needs God. And there is another side of my life that also needs what God has prescribed. So we need others. And if it was not good for a sinless man to be alone, how much more for a sinful man? Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9, two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their toil. If they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when, notice that when, because sometimes you just trip up. Sometimes you're discouraged. Sometimes your, your ego is too big. Sometimes your pride is too great. Sometimes your, your lust is too strong. Sometimes the discouragement is overwhelming. Sometimes the fear is, is so great and you, and you pray in tongues and you speak the word and you declare and you play worship, but you still, you still fall. And that's okay. Don't beat yourself up. What, what do you do when you fall? What do you do when you get a little bit out of alignment? You got someone there to lift him up. So this isn't just spiritually or sin or a mistake. It's just, it's just in every season, good or bad, that you're processing and living with someone. And you must believe and decide and I can't do this for you. And your spouse can't do it for you. Your kids can't do it for you. Your parents can't do it for you. You have to decide that you were created for community. That a fish needs water. And a seed needs soil. And a Christian needs spiritual family. I'm a t I need a better amen. It's Super Bowl Sunday. I need a better amen than that. Um, I'm telling you, we, we all have to get to this point. So, so, so first, I have to get to the point that I know that I have a need. But then secondly, I have to choose to carry. Huh. Friend, who are you carrying? Who are you serving? Who are you helping? Who are you lifting? Who, who are you helping? Who are you elevating? Who are you picking up? up. 
I want to submit to you that I think that those four men that day, they might have even been happier than the man who was healed. Because <laughs> they got to see it. And they knew they were a part of it. And Jesus is talking to them and he's saying, you're healed and you're forgiven. But the scripture said, Jesus saw their faith, not his faith. So he said, son, I'm going to heal you. And then he looked at the four friends and went, thanks, guys. Thanks for being a part of my story. Thanks for being a part of the miracle. Thanks for being a part of something eternal. Thank you for joining your faith with another man who did not have faith at that moment. Thank you for having enough faith to carry that man where he had no faith. And those four guys got to high five that day and say, we were a part of the story of God. And I wasn't just a part of the story of God, I was a part of his story. I got to to be a part of something bigger than myself. That's actually something we say around here at church. We'll we'll encourage people, be a part of something that's bigger than yourself. What are we saying? We're saying, join the story of thousands of others. That we all get to be a part of this, but you have to choose to carry. Every time you jump in to help carry another, you join the story of heaven. Who are you carrying? And I, and I want to talk quickly to the men of the house. Men, it matters that you follow Jesus. Men, it matters that you go to church. And you're here so you can say amen, don't worry. The online stream's already going. I'm talking to this room right here. It's all right. You can, amen, Pastor. Praise God. Haven't been, haven't been in church in a year. You're like, praise God, Pastor. Amen. <laughs> fake it. Fake it. Let, let everybody know you're super saved. Men, it matters that you lead your family. It matters that you wake your kids up on a Sunday morning and go, we're going to church today. It, it, it matters that your family knows that church is a non-negotiable. That yes, there will be weeks that we go on vacation, and yes, there will be weeks when family's in town, and yes, there will be weeks when we all get hit with the flu and we can't go to church, whatever it might be. There's always going to be those rare occasions, but for the most part, we will be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday, giving God the first part of a new week. This family belongs to God, and as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord And kiddos, if you got to come kicking and screaming until you turn 18 and leave my house, you're going to God's house. It matters, men, that you worship. It matters that you pray. It matters that you lead your family. It matters that you have integrity. It matters that your kids see you soft and tender towards God. I was was talking with a friend this week, and he was talking about a moment of prayer that, that he had with one of his kids. And I looked at him, and I said, Your kid will never forget that moment. Just know it. He'll never forget. We'll never forget when our dads put their hands on us and say, I bless you in the name of Jesus. My little Goldie will never forget. She will not remember all the words that I prayed, but she'll never forget what she feels 
when I put my hand on her head and I say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, she'll never. And dad, there's something supernatural that happens when you choose to follow God. A new stat came out by Barna that said that when a woman comes to Christ, and when a mother, excuse me, comes to Christ, her family will join her in the faith 17% of the time. Ladies, I'm not discouraging you. I'm not, I'm not telling you stop believing God for your family. And, and I want you to hear what the research shows. Because I want to make a point to your husband. <laughs> that if a, if a mother comes to Christ, her family will follow her in that faith 17% of the time. If a father comes to Christ, his family will join him 93% of the time. Where my, where my men of God at? Where my man at? Where? Come on, men. You just got to be present. You just got to keep showing up. You just got to keep building an altar of earth. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be mistake free. You can still have your struggles, but don't push God out of your life. Dads, if your kids need to ask you, are we going to church today? You've backslidden. Because they need to know. Sunday's God's day. Sunday is the first day. It's the Lord's day. Hmm. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just challenging you men to carry. Because I think that's the miracle. The miracle is not that four women carried, because women carried. That wouldn't have been a miracle. They probably wouldn't have even needed Jesus. They would have just prayed outside and got, you know what I'm saying? They would have got, it. They would have got the guy healed. There's too many people out there. We're going to do this right here. Well, they, there wasn't tongues yet, but you get the point. Okay, you get the point. Because women just know how to go to, the miracle was that men were involved. Fellas, I, I'm just, I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you. And, and I've always set out to be a church where men would feel welcome. I've, we never sing little prissy songs up here. We want to lay at your feet and drink the new wine of heaven. We don't sing little songs like that. We don't sing sweet songs. We don't sing about the elements. We don't sing about rain and fire and oil. We don't do all that kind of stuff because I want men to be able to come in and feel, you know what I'm saying? I try not to cry when I preach. Honestly, I really do because it's always right here. I'm always ready, <laughs> just ready to, but I don't, I hold it back. Because I, I want you to, see, and the women go, let it out, pastor. But listen, but every time I cry, every man knows this. <laughs> Your wife goes, why aren't you more sensitive like Jane? So I try not to do it. <laughs> Am I telling the truth this morning? All right. 
Only 5% of men in America, hear this, only 5% of men in America say they have another male friend. 95% of us are lonely and have no one to talk to. I, I need you. I need you. One of, one of the biggest things that I do when I meet with men is I just try not to talk. I try to just get them to talk because I just know that they don't do it a lot. So I, just, I just keep asking little questions. They don't need to hear from me. They hear me every Sunday. I want them to hear their own. They're like, wow, this is pretty nice. I like, I like saying words. What is this? What's happening? Men choose to carry. I, I, I want to say for a lot of people in the room that for many of you, the missing key to joy and peace in your life is not more money, less stress, or a different career. For many of you, the missing joy in your life is you're not carrying anybody. You're part of the crowd watching other people. <laughs> but you're not, you're not part of the four. Carrying. You're missing out on the joy of lifting, the joy of serving, the joy of helping, the joy of being involved in the miracle of another. Let me, let me say it like this. Right now, I'm believing God for miracles in my own life. There are things I'm believing God for. There are, there are big things on, on my prayer list, on my phone, that without God, they don't happen. They are miracles. Okay, I'm, And I'm believing for that, and I want you to believe for that. Listen, listen. But while I'm believing God for my miracles, Very good. Very good. I every day try to be a part of somebody yes. else's miracle. Yes. And it might be a 30-second prayer. And it might be a one-hour lunch. And it might be a 15-minute coffee. And it might be a, a one-minute prayer out here. And it might be a text just saying, hey, hey, bro, I love you. I'm praying for you, just thinking about you. And it might, whatever it might be, I want to be a part of somebody else's miracle. I'm believing God for miracles. But, I'm, but I also want to be a part of a miracle. Yes, yes. So, so Jesus says it like this in Acts 20. He goes, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And especially, especially if you're in the room and you're not born again, you really don't get that. You just don't. Because it doesn't make any sense in the natural. And even for you who are believers who have never in any way kind of given outside of, of your own life, it's, a, a scripture like that is like, it, it makes no sense. It's more blessed to give. It's better to give than to receive. How? Why? I'm not sure. <laughs> I just know it's true. It's not that it's not blessed to receive. It is. It's just more blessed yes, yes. to live a life of giving. Yeah. It, it was blessed for that man to be forgiven and healed. But it was more blessed to be a part of the miracle. Yes, yes. It was a blessing to be carried. But it was even more blessed to carry. And in our life, 
you will do both. Amen. There are going to be some seasons of your life where you go, I'm going to need to be carried by the grace of God and the goodness of God's people. And there's going to be other seasons of your life where you're going to go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be a part of that story. Thirdly, thirdly, you got to dig deep. Dig deep. So they dug a hole <laughs> through the roof. Let me have the keys come up. Beyond the surface, beyond the shallow, beyond public persona, hear me, beyond the crowd, they dug. I want to ask you a question. Who can dig in your life and not be cut off? Uh, not everybody should be able to dig in your life. Not everybody should have a voice in your life, but, you, but there should be four. Let's be biblical, four. There ought, to be, there ought to be a couple of people who can dig around. There ought to be a, there ought to be a couple of people that can, can see your blind spot. Right. Y'all ever cut anybody off? You didn't mean to. You looked in the mirror. You didn't see them. So you moseyed on over. You didn't, you didn't mean to cut them off, but they were in your blind spot. And then the moment you get in the lane, you look in your rearview mirror, and there they are. And you're going, hi. Or if you have an attitude, you go, hi. And then you start yelling back at them. Like it's their fault for getting cut off by you, right? And, 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 and we all do it, and we all do it in life. And the reason you have to have a few friends who can dig, because they can go, hey, I know you don't see this. You're not a bad person. You're not evil. You're not awful. You just, you don't see it. Um, and I, I'm just kind of out here on 30, in 30,000 feet. And I just want you to, know, you know, you, you, you know why you keep cutting people off? You know why you keep driving people off the road of your life? <laughs> you know why you're in constant conflict? Well, let me, let me help you. It's a blind spot. Someone's got to be able to dig. <laughs> they knew that for this man to be healed, they would have to dig. And in a very transient city, in a city, in a culture focused on outward appearance, it is hard to dig deep in our city. But here's what we know. We know that freedom is not found in isolation. Wow, okay, not convinced. Let's, we know that freedom is not found in isolation. So, so here's, our, here's our mission. We, we want to help people know God, find freedom, and make a difference. Let me talk about find freedom real quick. Here, here's how we find freedom. If, if you look on our website and it says find freedom, here's what it's going to say under that. Small groups and courses. Yes, yes. Not Instagram. Not follow our TikTok feed. Not worship online. It's to find freedom. To find freedom, you got to go small. Okay, here's why. 
because there has to be intimate relationships built where somebody can dig. Okay, it's not that the freedom happens in the group. The freedom happens when the relationship is built to the point that after the group, truth can actually be spoken. Does that make sense? So you're in group, and they go, hey, do you have any prayer requests? You go, no. And then after group, I find my buddy Ryan and go, hey, remember when I said I don't have any prayer requests? He's like, yeah, he's like, I have like a thousand. <laughs> I know, I'm smiling, I'm going through hell. <laughs> I'm highly medicated right now. <laughs> it, it, so it's not about the groups. The, the groups are bait and switch for freedom. Oh, I can go hiking. It's not about hiking. It's about that maybe you find someone that you trust enough to go, hey, Omar, can I, can, you, can we talk? Because I'm tripping. That's where it happens. It, it doesn't happen. Okay, so, so two things. First John 1 John 1.9 says this. If you confess to God, you're forgiven. Man, how many are grateful for that, huh? Isn't that great? You go talk to God about your sin, forgiven, cleansed, boom. But listen, just because you're forgiven doesn't mean you're free. What do I do? You got to go to James. James chapter 5, verse 16, confess your sins to each other, pray for each other, that you might be healed so I go to God for forgiveness but I have to go to you for healing who's who's you well you isn't all you because if I don't know you I'm probably not going to open up to you but you is a group of people in my life that I trust to the point that I go, can I confess my fear, my addiction, my sin, my struggle, my pride, my insecurities, my, can I, uh, my marriage, my relationships, how, how to be a dad, can I, can we talk about this because I'm struggling and you get somebody to confess to and there's healing. And the opposite of what I just said is Proverbs 18.1. If you isolate yourself, you'll seek your own desires. When you're by yourself, you get to play by your own rules. And you'll always bend the curve. Come on, somebody. It's all, I'm not judging. We all do it. If I'm isolated, I, I seek my own desires and I'll break out against sound judgment. You cannot be your only source of wisdom. Am I helping you today? Y'all still love me? Y'all gonna come back next week? I can't be my only source. I have the Bible, and you will make this book tell you whatever you want it to say. 
You will. That's what you, if, you, if you're around here a lot, you'll hear us say things like, we're a Bible church. Here's what we're saying. We're like an old, like we believe what the old guys thought. Like we go back to the, to the creeds. We go back to the Apostle Creed and the Nicene Creed. and We believe all the old stuff because the new stuff isn't that great. So we always go back to the old stuff. In other words, our, our doctrine, City Light's doctrine is not Jabin prayed and came up with our statement of faith. If you go look at our statement of faith, it's just all from the creeds. It's all from stuff from 200 AD and 100 AD and 300 AD. In other words, because I can't be our only source of wisdom. Okay. I'm wrapping it up, I promise, I promise. It's almost over. The root canal's almost over. Lastly, 1 John 1, 7. Walk in the light as he is in the light. Ooh, I'd like that. I want to I do that. I want to I walk in the light. Okay, cool. How? We have fellowship with one another. I can only walk in the light in relationship. All right, here it comes. Now you're going to like push small groups? Yup. Alright, here it comes. You're going to tell me to join the small group? Yup. Oh, it's small group weekend. You got to sign? Yup. Was this whole thing thought out? Yup. Would you please, this semester, Go all in with a small group. I just want you to pray about it. I want you to think about it. Find a Bible study. Find a group. Find an interest group. Find something. And, and connect. Dig deep this year. Don't, don't have another shallow Relationships do not live by social media alone. Is that in the Bible? I don't think so, but I'm just making one up. They live face to face. I thank God for FaceTime. I thank God for Instagram. I thank God for text. I thank God, but there's nothing like face. I need Jesus. I need you. Wow. Your life will never be the same. If you'll, if you'll get that statement in your heart and believe it with all your heart, your life will never be the same. Now, I really focused on I need you, and I want to look at people right here and tell you, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. What I, what I just preached was not a, just kind of a feel-good, motivational talk. You, you really need the Lord. That man needed Jesus. He needed to hear Jesus say, son, your sins are forgiven. I want to pray with you right now. If you've never given your life to the Lord, never surrendered your life to Christ, can I pray with you? you say yes to Jesus today with your head bowed and your eyes closed if you're here today and you'd say that's me I need to give my life to God I need to 
surrender my life to the Lord. I need to I need to begin again or I need to rededicate my life to Christ. Pray with me. Pray this with all of your heart. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. Jesus, be Lord and Savior.